Welcome to the Master Passive Income Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I am here to help you quit your job by investing in real estate rental properties so you never, ever have to work a job again. And today's show, we're going to be talking all about automating your business, making it automatic, and creating a business that's going to run on its own. Now, I absolutely love making money without working, and that's what I'm going to show you how to do today in this real estate investing business. Because what you're going to do is you're going to buy one rental property, and you're going to rent it out, and you're going to have other people manage, and you're going to make money. Doesn't that sound fantastic? Okay, now let's get started where we look at today's show, how to create an automatic real estate investing business. All right, let's get into it. Welcome to the Master Passive Income Podcast, where we talk about investing in real estate rental properties with a special focus on making enough money so you can quit your job and live the dream life. And now, here is your host, Dustin Heiner. Now, there's something I want to talk to you about that I've been thinking about for a very, very long time. Actually, it's, it has been a part of me ever since growing up. You know, my dad, he always told me, if you're going to do something, do it right. You do it right the first time. Don't do it, you know, halfway or they say half-assed. You don't want to do it halfway where you, you know, you get it done, but it's actually you're going to have to do it over again because you just didn't do it right. If it's worth doing, you do it right the first time and you do it right. Now, there is a thought that, you know, in real estate investing, we want to make sure everything is perfect, like the perfect property, the perfect tenants, the perfect everything. Well, what it comes down to is there's nothing that's going to be ever perfect. And if you wait around long enough, you might find something that's perfect, but you might have waited 30 years before you found something that's actually perfect. Now, here's my mentality. My, my wife, she's going to tell me and tell everybody, oh man, Dustin, he is not a perfectionist. He is absolutely not a perfectionist. As long as it's done, he's good with it. Well, there's not a lot of like against that. I, I completely agree. I'm definitely not a perfectionist, but... I like making sure that everything is done right. It may not be perfect, but it is done and it's done well where I am pleased with the outcome. Now, of course, it could be better. Let's just say you're painting a painting. And as you're literally painting, you're finding out, man, I could have made this stroke a little better. I could have done this just a little better. Nothing is ever going to be perfect. That perfect property, you might not ever find it. You might find it occasionally, um, you know, once every like 10 years. But man, why would you wait to, you know, 10 years later to find that perfect property? Get started now. Invest now. Instead of saying, I'm going to wait for the perfect one, wait for the right one and do it right. And I want to show you how to do it right. Instead of doing being perfect, instead of not doing it at all, because that's the last thing. You do not want to just skip out and not plant that tree. And that, that's a, a saying that I love to say over and over again is, when is the best time to plant a tree? Well, it was 20 years ago that it was the best time to plant a tree. Well, when is the next best time to plant a tree? Well, it's today. We want to start today. Don't wait until it's perfect. You want to get started today. Get it done right the first time. And that's what I love about real estate rental properties is that I know without a shadow of doubt that I will be making money every single month from the properties that I buy. Now, I want to show you how to get started investing in real estate, just like all of my other students that I have. In fact, I just got an email today 
one of my students just closed on his property. I'm super excited. Charles, if you listen to this, good job, man. I'm super excited for you. Another student of mine has been doing fantastic. In just four months, she already has two properties and she's moving on to her third property and she's investing in another state from where she lives. It's going fantastic. And I want to get you started. Just get started and it doesn't have to be perfect. It has to get done right though. I wanna show you the right way to invest in real estate. I wanna give you my free investing course. It is a downloadable PDF that you're gonna get a free course. I'm gonna give that to you, plus I'm gonna give you some other bonuses, other training videos, other worksheets, all that good stuff just for being on this podcast. I want to get this to you so you can get started. Instead of waiting and putting it off and never getting it done, you can get started. So this is what I want you to do. Text the word rental, R-E-N-T-A-L, to 33777. That is rental to 33777. Pause it right now. I'll stay here, wait for you, and then come back and then go ahead and we'll go with the rest of it. But text the word rental to 33777. I really want you to get started. I want to see you change your life because the last thing you want is 20 years from now, looking back and say, man, I wish I would have done something. I wish I would have bought that first property. I wish I would have moved forward. I wish I would have just done it. Well, we're not going to wait for perfection. We're going to get things done the right way. So text the word rental to 33777. Now, also, I love creating automatic businesses. From now on, ever since I found out how to create automatic businesses, and there are so many ways to do it, not just real estate, there's also businesses, there's brick and mortar stores, everything can be automatic. You just need to find the tools and technology has been fantastic in helping us to do that. Now, recently, I went on a four week trip to Florida and drove all the way up to New York. We went on a basically a four week field trip with the kids and it was fantastic sightseeing all the history and great, great stuff. Two years ago, we went to Europe for six weeks. That was amazing. That was, we went to 11 different countries. A year before that, we went to Japan for six weeks. And so honestly, we might take a little break from taking these four or six week trips because it's exhausting. I mean, you get tired. And obviously, I'm blessed to have these problems of having being tired of all the traveling. But we might take about a year off from doing any big traveling. Our next big one, we are hoping in 2021 to go to Italy for four weeks in the springtime. I'm really, really looking forward to that. So, you know, eventually we'll be getting there. But this next year, we might take, you know, week long trips here and there, just breaking up because these four or six week trips, they are very, very tiring. And the reason why I could do that and not have to worry about vacation time or not getting a paycheck because I'm not working. The reason why is because I broke that rule or that self-imposed somewhat rule from the culture that we need to get a job and work an hourly wage for somebody else. I decided I don't want to follow that rule. So I bucked that trend, started investing in real estate. And I also learned that there is a way to actually make the business run itself. My job is to make sure my check comes in every single month from my property managers because all I need to do is receive the money because they do all the work. My realtors do all the work, the contractors, mortgage brokers, everybody else does work for me so that I don't have to work. And that's why I'm able to be here on a six-week trip with my family through Europe. Now, what we're going to be talking about today is 
automating your rental property business. Now, a lot of people think that investing in real estate and having rental properties can be really risky. Well, I'm going to tell you right now that it's absolutely not risky if you do it right. Now, there are ways that you can make it much more sure where you're actually making money every single month, where you're not going to lose money. If the economy goes downhill, then you will still be fine where you're still making money every single month. And I'm going to show you how to actually do that. And the biggest way is through rent, bringing in money every single month. The income from your properties goes into your pocket because you don't have to work at all. Your property does the work. So a lot of people I talk to that are looking to invest in real estate, they have these questions about that 2 a.m. phone call. And for some reason, it's always 2 a.m. It's not 3 a.m. or 1 a.m. It's a 2 a.m. phone call that the plumbing is leaking. There's a huge leak that's running down the the um, bathroom into the rest of the house. The carpet's getting all soaked and there's you know all this stuff going on that's really bad. Well, of course, you absolutely could get those calls if you're managing the properties yourself. I personally, and my business model is to not manage the properties myself. I don't want those phone calls at 2 a.m., 1 a.m., 3 a.m., or even 1 p.m., 2 p.m., or 3 p.m. I don't want to handle any of those calls. I want to pay somebody else to do that. Also, finding properties. Finding a good deal on a property, I could be out there beating the pavement, calling people, looking for sellers, doing all these sort of things, actually walking through houses. I could do that, but I don't want to. I'd rather spend my time with my family doing whatever it is I want, traveling through Europe or going to my kid's little league game or just going on a date with my wife and not have to worry about anything with the business. Now, that's the beauty of making an automated real estate rental property business. Now, in your real estate business, as in every single business as well, it's a team sport. It's something that brings people together and you work together to make each other money. Some people do, for me, some people do my property management. Some people find me properties. Some people inspect the properties or do pest inspections or abate the pests. You know, just a whole bunch of different people that work together to benefit off of each other. And I'll be honest, I am the one that benefits the most because I literally don't do anything. They do all the work, but I pay them. So like all team sports, you're only as good as the team around you. Think of like football. If your team is not good, you're not going to win any games. In real estate investing, if your team is not good, you're not going to find good deals. You're not going to manage them well. You're not going to take care of them to where people actually want to stay in there and not move out. So real estate investing takes a team of people to do it. Now, I think of myself as a coach with multiple players on my team. I'm the one keeping them focused, everybody on the same vision, and they have the goal that I give them because I'm the coach. I'm the one coordinating everything together. I also give them resources, the, the responsibility to do everything that they're supposed to do to make sure the business runs. So being a coach, I'm not the one doing the work. My team does the work, and I can go, like I said, and go on vacation for as long as I want. Now, they're the ones who find the property, inspect them, rehab them, get them rented, manage them, and all these sort of things that takes it takes to manage a property. Now, I want to give you a quote. Andrew Carnegie said this. He was a very wealthy, wealthy investor and businessman. Teamwork is the ability to work together toward a common vision, the ability to direct individual accomplishments towards organizational objectives. It's the fuel that allows common people to attain uncommon results. Now, when you work together with other people, 
when you work together with people that are outside of you, you actually can grow your business much bigger. If you do everything yourself, everything from finding the properties to managing them, rehabbing them, fixing them up, getting them ready to be rented, to inspecting them, to uh, finding a tenant. If you do all these sort of things, that's a lot of time taken up. A lot of time and as well as you have to learn how to do all those things. Well, what if I could tell you that you can actually pay somebody who already knows how to do all that sort of stuff, already has the business model set up, has already had much, much greater experience than you in doing all these things, and they would do it all for you. There are many different types of team members you're going to want to have on your team. Now, in your business, you're going to want to have people that can handle every bit of the business for you. So instead of working in your business where you're doing all the work, you know, banging nails inside of a wall or painting or running background checks or finding new properties, instead of working in your business, you can work on your business. Working on your business is allowing other people to do the work while you make the business bigger and stronger and better. Now we're going to look at the must-have team members. If I were to start all over again, this is what I would do. I would build together my team of these must-have team members. Now, the first one is basically like your quarterback. This is the team member that is going to make sure everything functions smoothly. Now, you being the coach are going to manage that quarterback to make sure they do everything that you want and not do the things you don't want. But this team member is going to be the one that's going to manage everybody else. As the quarterback, they're the ones that lead the rest of the team down the field to score. So your property manager is your quarterback. Now, if you decide to manage the business and the properties yourself, you know, you're, you are the property manager where you do all the work yourself. Yeah, of course, you're not going to need a property manager. That's going to be an expense you're not going to need, but you're not going to have the time to do whatever you want. You're going to actually have to do work on the business as opposed to hang out with your family or whatever you want. So what I do first, my very, very first thing when I look for a new area of the country to invest, and I have many areas of the country that invest, the very first position that I fill is a property manager. Like I said, I invest in many places around the country. And in doing that, I also make sure that the entire market of this area, let's say if it's Boise, Idaho, or Seattle, Washington, or wherever it might be, whatever city, I make sure that that property um, location is actually going to be a good location to invest. Now, if you haven't already heard it, go back and listen to my past episode where I talked about how to find a new area of the country to invest. Go ahead and listen to that. This is after you've already found the right area to invest. Now, after you find the right area to invest, you know that this is the place you want to go. The first person that I would go after is a property manager. So a property manager is somebody that's going to, like I said, literally run your business for you. I personally don't like managing properties. I don't like getting phone calls from tenants. I don't even want to talk to tenants. I want my property to do the work and not me. And so I personally don't talk to tenants. My property manager does. So now what's great about the property managers is they do everything from beginning to end. So I contact the property managers. I call up at least four or five of them. And this is the blanket rule for all of my team members that I put on my team in each area of the country. I contact at least three, maybe four or five property managers. I try to talk to as many of them as I can because being the quarterback, you want to make sure that your quarterback is the best quarterback in the area. Uh, So what I do is I contact four or five property managers 
And I interview them and I ask them questions, specific questions that are going to apply to them that only experienced property managers can ask. Obviously, little questions like, well, how much do you charge per month? What is your expenses for evictions? Things like that. Those are questions that are easily going to come up. Ask the property manager, could you please tell me of a time that you had a horrible tenant and how you dealt with that horrible tenant. It could be moving them out. It could be taking care of them in different ways, whatever it might be. Tell me of a time that you had a bad tenant and what you did. Another thing you can ask of the property manager is, tell me of a time that you had a 2 a.m. phone call, again, with the 2 a.m. phone calls if you're concerned about those. Tell me of a time that you had a 2 a.m. phone call. It could be the toilets that are overflowing or there's a main line that burst or there was a break-in or whatever it might be. Tell me of a time that you had a, an issue with a property at 2 a.m. How did you handle it? What came out of it? What was the outcome of that? So you're asking questions that are particular to this property manager so you understand their management style, what they're gonna do with the properties. Are they looking out for the landlord's best interest? Which that's their job. Their job is not to look out for the tenant. Obviously, they wanna make sure that the tenant is taken care of, that they have a good property, that they're not a slumlord and all that sort of stuff that are bad for the tenant. But their number one customer is you, is you as the landlord. If you as a landlord don't want to keep them as a property manager, they lose the property. So it doesn't matter if they don't have any tenants or they have the best tenant in there. It only matters if they keep you as a landlord. So remember, with property managers, you're the commodity. They are not the commodity. You may think, oh man, I'm stuck with one, this one property manager, even though I really don't like working with them. No, you're not. There are so many other options out there. All it takes is for you to get on the phone and start calling people and getting other property managers information, talking to them, interviewing them, and then just moving it over. I've had really bad property managers and I've had really good property managers. The bad ones, I fire fast. I get rid of them as fast as possible. The good ones, I keep on for as long as possible. Some going on five, seven, 10 years. All right, your next team member that you're gonna wanna have that's a must have is a realtor. Now, realtors can be one of the best ways to find good investments and properties that will bring cash flow in every single month. I want them to know that they are working for me as an investor and I'm looking for investment properties. I'm looking for not the color of the curtains, you know, hey, this carpet's really pretty, um, you know, hey, this, this location, it's so close to this, this, and this. I don't care about any of that. I just care if I can get it rented, number one, how much I could rent it for, and how much my expenses are. That's all I care about. Because, you know, they, they say that location, location, location is everything in real estate. I don't disagree with that, but everybody needs a place to live. Even if you're in, you know, Detroit where it's not doing so well, or if you're in Hollywood, it doesn't matter where you are. People are going to live anywhere. And as long as you're finding a good area of the country to invest, a good city, a good area of a state, and you narrow down a city and even a suburb, um, if you do that and you find places where people want to live, now, if you're buying in like the desert, um, not saying Phoenix is anything bad because it's a desert, but anyways, where people don't live, or if you buy someplace where there's like the population of 20 people, you're going to have a limited pool of tenants to rent to. And so what you want to do is you want to find a good place that has a lot of tenants that you can choose from, as well as a realtor that understands cash flow. So get a cash flow investing realtor 
on your team. And it could be as simple as asking any brokerage house you call up, you know, say if it's the, you know, a big name in that city and a realtor, and you call them up and say, Hey, can I would, I'm an investor. I invest in cash flow with rental properties. I buy and hold the properties. I need to talk to a, a realtor or somebody that's on your staff or on your team there that actually works with investors because I buy properties to buy and hold them and make rent on them. I need to work with somebody that understands that. Could you point me in that direction? Could be as simple as that. All right. A next one that is not as um, immediate as realtors, but um, as necessary as realtors, but is a subgroup that I absolutely adore is um, wholesalers. I absolutely love wholesalers. And here's why. Wholesalers are like realtors, except they work, in my opinion, sorry, realtors, they work probably harder than than realtors because they have to find the deals, number one. Then they have to find the people that would buy the deals. So they're out finding sellers. They're going knocking on doors. They're sending out letters. They're making phone calls. They're doing all these things to find properties that they can sell or resell to investors like me. Now they'll make a, a nominal charge, you know, of maybe two thousand dollars, five thousand dollars, depending on the deal. You know, I've bought many properties through wholesalers. I absolutely love wholesalers. Um, I work with them all the time. There's just it's just another way for me to have the ability to find a good deal a good property that brings cash flow in every single month. And with that, I use other people because when I'm away on vacation like I am now, they're the ones finding properties for me. I'm not the one finding properties. All of a sudden, I'll get an email in the in my email saying, hey, here, I have this property. This is how much they're asking for. Um, we can maybe come and bring them down a little bit. And this is how much it will rent for. These are the proposed expenses or the, um, uh, the what we think the expenses are. And this is how much cash flow you could potentially make. Now, I love getting those emails because I could just easily weed them out if they don't fit my business model. But then again, if they fit, I can go ahead and buy it. And I, there's no work on my end finding the property. Now, another must-have team member. Now, this must-have team member will also coincide with your property manager because your property manager may already have one or two of these people working for them, but it's also a good idea to have your own as well. So a contractor is somebody that you should have on your team that can make sure the property is rent ready. The contractors can make the property comparable to the other homes that are on the same street or in the same neighborhood to where you can make the most from the property, most money in rents from the property, but not spend and overspend making the property, you know, fantastic where you have granite countertops. If those aren't necessary, don't put them in. That's just a waste of money because it's an added expense that you don't really need. So your contractor is somebody that's going to actually take care of the property well. Now, I've had experience with bad contractors. Now, these contractors will say, oh, yeah, I do a great job. And they come in with a quote that is really, really low that, you know, somebody would say, uh, well, I think we'll fix up the house for 3500 Another one comes in for 1800 And this other contractor says, well, I could do it for 1800 Well, it turns out that more than likely, if it's that big of a difference, you really should check in their their quality of work, what they've done in the past. It may be that they're fantastic and you would save a ton of money. It also could be where it could be like you're shooting yourself in the foot and just throwing money away because they're doing the job so poorly. Now, quick tip, when you're working with contractors, make sure you break it up. You do not pay everything all at once. Absolutely do not give them money up front for the entire job. Let's say it's a $2,000 job. Do not pay them $2,000. At bare minimum, give them half up front, so $1,000, 
to get started, you know, cause they have costs, they have to, you know, pay their guys. They have, um, inventory they got a stock maybe it's painting the house maybe it's redoing the flooring um you know they have to get uh, products from the store to fix the house so i get that you want to be able to make sure that they're not going out of pocket but do not pay them the rest of the money until the job's actually done so that you know the property's taken care of as well as you're getting your money's worth now what i would ideally like to go for is having in thirds. So a third to start. So if it's a, let's say $3,000 job, easy numbers, $3,000 job, you are going to give $1,000 up front to get the property going or get them working on the job. Then after not halfway, just a little past halfway where they're working really hard to get their, their scheduled deadline. Um, but two thirds of the way done, then you give them a second draw. So the first draw is the first, when they first start, second draw is when Two thirds of the job is done. You give them money. It could be even at halfway. Very. I mean, I completely understand that. But do not pay the balance until the job is completely done. Their stuff is out of the house. You are completely happy with their work. There's nothing for them to come back and do. Then pay them the balance. I've had many many times where I actually had to um, kind of go go and and talk to the the contractor and say, or sorry, they take that back. My property manager talks to the contractor and says, hey, you didn't do this right. So we're not paying you the balance of the money. Well, I got to pay my guys. Well, you should have done the job right the first time. But as it is, your, your quality of work is horrible. So we're not going to even have you go back to get the rest of the money and or fix the rest of the property and get the money. So we're not even going to do that. So we're done cutting ties. You're done. And then I had to pay, um, you know, pay somebody else to come in. So contractors are a vital part of your team because you can be wasting a ton of money if you don't have a good contractor. And again, your property manager should have a couple of contractors that are in hand ready for you um, to, to, hey, this property needs to get fixed up, get them on there and get them a quote, get you a quote so you can know what you're getting into. Um, along with the contractor, another really good team member that I would encourage you to have is at least one handyman. Now, contractors are great, but they charge contractor prices. Now, handymen, you know, there's just one guy that says, hey, I'll, I'll go fix the toilet for, you know, 50 bucks, as opposed to getting a plumber that's going to charge you $250 for the call to go to the house. You know, they got union dues or whatever it might be. Um, so getting a handyman is a great way to save money, but making sure that the little things that you could normally do yourself, like let's say for instance, the toilet's leaking. Well, just got to get one of those little stoppers, replace that, run to Lowe's, buy the stopper, put it in. It'll take you maybe 30 minutes and $2 or $5 of in worth and parts and you're done. But a plumber would charge you a load of money. And if you have a handyman, just say, hey, handyman, go out there and check on this. And while you're out there, look at this X, Y, and Z. Give me a quote for all of it. You know, they could be more than just working on the toilet. So find a handyman or at least one, if not a couple handymen that you can go to as go-to guys rather than call them contractors, plumbers, electricians, roofers, things like that. Next, I want to talk about mortgage brokers. We know that funding for your property is one of the biggest things that, I guess the biggest hurdle that we as investors need to jump over. Now, if you go back and listen to my episode of 002 on how to fund your rental property deals, if you go back and listen to that podcast episode of mine, then you can see how funding is the lifeblood of your business and how to actually get funding for your business. If you wanna go back and listen to that, go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash 
0-0-0-2, like 002. 002, that'll take you to the podcast episode that you can listen to how to fund your properties. Now, your mortgage brokers are fantastic because they are going to help you find the money to buy your properties. They'll figure out how to, okay, hey, I have you know, $20,000, I have this property, but I have $10,000, $20,000 to buy the property. How do I buy the property? You, I want you to find me a, a mortgage and help me to buy this property. It's their job as best as they can to find a bank that's going to lend to you, um, a credit union or whatever it might be, but it's their job to find you the money and they get paid for that. And they, they usually, most mortgage brokers do this all the time and they do really well at that. So what I would encourage you to do is find at least two, maybe three mortgage brokers that you can approach with deals and say, this is, this is the property, you know, um, they're asking $150,000. I have, uh, you know, $10,000 to put down or $20,000, whatever it might be, just, just give them the deal and say, I need to buy the property. What mortgage programs do you have? Can I use FHA and, uh, federal housing and administration loan? Can I get a conventional loan? Do I need private mortgage insurance on the property because I'm not putting enough down? Anyways, all these questions come up that they're going to ask you. Mortgage brokers are going to ask you because it's it's their job to be in the know on how to get you the properties. So what I would do is encourage you to call up at least two or three mortgage brokers that, in, that give money or lend money in your state. It doesn't specifically have to be in the city that you're investing in, but it has to be in the state because they have to be licensed to actually give loans in the state. Now, what you want to do is when you're calling your mortgage brokers, don't, and here's a big tip, do not give them your social security number to pull a credit check at all until you're literally ready to actually jump in to a mortgage with the company. Now, when you give them your social security number and you allow them to pull your credit, it dings your credit score. So if you're at, you know, 650 and you get a mortgage um, on a property or you the, the mortgage broker pulls a credit report on you, your 650 credit score goes down just a little bit. And so if you go and talk to five different mortgage brokers, you're going to be dinged five different times if you give them your social security number. Because what they're going to say is, well, I can't give you an accurate quote until you give me your social security number. I can pull your credit and I can, after seeing your credit, give you an, an accurate number on what type of rate you're going to get, how much you're going to have to pay in fees, blah, blah, blah. So big tip I'm going to give you is do not, literally do not give them your social security number until you're ready to go forward with buying the property. And this could even be right before you order the appraisal. Say, okay, I'm ready to move forward. Everything looks good. Let's go ahead and run the credit. Now, what you're what they're going to ask you is, hey, we can't do anything until we actually have your credit. I've worked with so many mortgage brokers that have said that. And all I do is I tell them, my credit score is 752. The last time I pulled a 752 or 792 or 650 or 600 or whatever it might be. You probably could ha you have a general, hopefully, a general understanding of what your credit is. If you know what your credit is, just tell them. My credit is 652 um, the last time I pulled it. And so I want to make sure that I'm going to go with you before you pull a credit check and find out that it is actually 652. But give me the numbers with everything being the same and as if you pulled the credit of 652 give me the numbers and how that's what the rate's going to be what the fees are going to be all the points and all that sort of stuff but don't give them your social security number cuz that's going to hurt your credit okay moving on insurance agents this next thing next 
must-have team member that I'm encouraging you to get is an insurance agent. As soon as you buy the property, absolutely put insurance on the property. Do not wait. Do not put it off. Well, I'm just going to save on this expense. You're going to pay it eventually. Um, and hopefully sooner rather than later, eventually I mean, the house could burn down and you're going to really be paying for it. Now, if you have a mortgage on it, your bank is going to require insurance. So you're going to have to find that if you're paying cash, then it's obviously it's up to you if you want to insure it. But I'm going to say as soon as you buy a property, get insurance on it. And that's actually putting the money down and you actually own insurance. But before you buy the property, have at least one or two insurance agents that can give you a quote to quote the property on how much it would be to insure it for a year. If you have insurance that doesn't allow you to have tenants inside the property, then you may not be covered if something happens, a tenant does something and the house burns down, you may not be covered. So make sure you specifically say, I'm renting the property out I need to also make sure that my tenant and everything the tenant does will be covered as well. So I encourage you to talk to at least one or two agents. There's not not much more to be said other than make sure that you have um, loss for theft and fire liability, absolutely liability insurance. You know, if somebody slips and falls, you want to make sure that's taken care of as well. Also, depending on what area of the country you're in, you may need um, tornado insurance or hurricane insurance or flood insurance. You may need all these sort of things that may need to be covered. Now, a local insurance agent in your area would actually know. They'll say, hey, you're in this, you're living in this area. It's required that you get flood insurance. I'll give you an example. In Houston, where they had that big hurricane go through and it wasn't the hurricane that did the damage or most of the damage. It was actually all the flooding from the rain that did all the damage. So in one area of Houston, it's a requirement that you must have flood insurance. Now, the insurance agent is going to know that and they're going to ask you, hey, you're required to have it. How much insurance do you want? Blah, blah, blah. So get insurance agents on your team. Now, let me give you a few other nice-to-have team members. These are not must-haves where I would say you absolutely must have, but these are nice-to-haves as you build your team. Keep an eye for these people as well because you don't necessarily need them, but they will help your team grow so much better and your business grow. Now, look for other investors in the area. A lot of people might say, well, they're competition, so you want to stay away from them or you, you know, you're competing against them so you don't compare notes and all that sort of stuff. I personally believe that's that you want to stay as far away from that that information as possible or that advice. I say talk to as many investors as you can. Be as friendly as possible, be as helpful as possible because they might have a deal that they either don't like but it might be your perfect fit or it's just not big enough money for them. They might pass it on to you. They might know a great property manager. They Basically, just having a network of people, of other investors around you to help you figure things out. Like, hey, I, hey guys, I know in this investor group or just, you know, you're talking to a few investors that you know. Um, you say, hey, I have my roof needs to be replaced and do you have any roofers in the area that you know that are really good that you've used before that you would say, hey, give these guys a call? That's so getting a referral is so much better than just calling up somebody out of the yellow pages. I know people don't use yellow pages anymore. You you know calling anybody up from Yelp or Angie's List or whatever. Um, it's so much better getting a referral because they're gonna say, yeah, I've worked with these, or don't I, I have worked with this guy? Don't work with them, or I have worked with this guy. Do work with them. I would say that that's the best type of contractor handyman. You know all. all Everybody in your business, if you can get a referral from another investor who actually does investing that's not looking to stab you in the back, then that could be a very good resource for you in the future. 
So find other investors. Now that can be going to, and here's another tip, is go to real estate investor groups. It's R-E-I-G, real estate investor groups in your area. And there's tons of them. If you go to www.nationalreia.com, if you go there, you, you can find the national real estate meetups in your area. And you'll be able to talk to other investors in the area and work with them and network with them and get wealth of information and wisdom from them. Who knows? You may even get, be able to get a mentor out of that National REIA meeting, R-E-I-A, nationalreia.com. And that's the next team member that's nice to have is a mentor. Finding a mentor that can um, help you from beginning to end, not do the work for you, but basically somebody that's going to say, um, hey, bring me a deal that you have. I'll take a look at it and I'll let you know if I personally would invest in it. And I'll also give you some pointers on it. This is not somebody that's gonna do their work. It's not a coach. This is a mentor. This is somebody that has experience. Now, let me give you an example. If you wanted to learn how to invest in stocks, who would you think of being the number one person that can teach you how to do stocks very well? Warren Buffett comes in my brain as somebody that you absolutely could learn tons and tons. That guy's worth billions of dollars. And if you can learn from him how to invest in stocks, more than likely you're going to be successful. Now, if I were, if I even cared about stocks, which I don't, I, I love real estate, but if I wanted to learn about stocks, I would actually pay Warren Buffett to work for him. I would say, I don't even want to have a paycheck. I don't want to do it for free. I'm going to pay you so that I can work for you so I can learn how to invest like you. In doing that, you're going to learn so much that your money is going to be gone. It's going to be so much better spent working for Warren Buffett than going to a university or a college where all you're learning is abstract and not getting any experience and all that sort of stuff. I personally would say, forget about college. College is a waste of money. Go and work for Warren Buffett. Now, when you have a mentor, same exact thing. If you find somebody that is doing what you want to do, go work for that person. Go work for them doing the job so that you can learn how they do their business so that then you can then replicate that business. So finding a mentor is key. Now again, mentor is different than a coach. Now next thing would be finding a coach. A coach is somebody that would actually hold your hand through the entire process. Now if you played any sports growing up as a kid, the coach actually taught you fundamentals, taught you how to, let's say if it's baseball, Taught you how to catch the ball. Taught you how to field the ball where it's rolling on the ground towards you. You pick it up and you throw it to first base. Taught you how to catch it. Taught you how to throw. Taught you how to hit. Taught you every bit of the game. That's what a coach does. Now I'm going to give a quick plug that I personally do that. That's what I love to do is I love coaching people. I love showing people from beginning to end how to invest in real estate. Now if you go to rental passive income, I know my blog and podcast is master passive income, but I have a coaching site called rentalpassiveincome.com, rentalpassiveincome.com. If you go there, you can see all the courses that I offer. I personally walk with all my students through the process of finding and buying properties. I love doing that. I love looking at properties, analyzing the numbers and saying, this is what I would do on this case, or this is what I would not do. So if you find a coach, it doesn't have to be me, it could be anybody, but find somebody that's going to help you step-by-step step through the process. If I had a coach before I started investing, if I went to somebody and said, could you coach me on this? I would have saved thousands and thousands of dollars in lost money from uh, paying a property manager way too much money or 
um, having them steal from me, property managers steal from me, or tenants staying in the property for six months when it should only take them one or two months. I've, I've lost thousands and thousands of dollars and I could have saved myself all that money if I would just had a, a coach and it would, they would have helped me through the process. Anyways, let's get back to the list. Couple other nice to have team members that you could have on your property is a title company. A title company is a nice to have. Now that's per area, obviously. Um, you wanna have a title company that you can trust. More than likely, every single title company that you're gonna work with is gonna have very similar fees, similar costs and things like that. Some are better than others. But if you have a title company that you trust that you can say, hey, I'm gonna work with you. What kind of deal can we work at if I bring every property to you that I'm gonna buy? Because you being the buyer, it's, it's your choice where you want the title company to go through. So you can say, hey, I wanted to go through this company, I want to go through that company. At least that's how my dealings have been where they usually ask me what title company I want to use. Now what the title company is going to do, they're going to go through the record of the entire property to make sure that there's no other ownership out there like the father's, brother's, cousin's former roommate. That was kind of a Spaceballs reference if you didn't get that. But somebody else that might have ownership in the property where if you take ownership, well, there could be a dispute on who actually owns it because somebody else is still on title. Um, they could look for liens against the property, judgments and all that sort of stuff. And they'll verify um, that the property is free and clear, that you can own it 100% and not have to worry about it. So that's a title company. Now, another great person that could be a uh, potential, um, like nice to have, not really a must have person would be an appraiser. An appraiser is somebody that's going to appraise the property. They're going to look at the property and see how much the property is actually worth. Now, if you're buying a hundred thousand dollar home, it's not really worth spending the money, you know, two, 300 bucks to have them go out and appraise it unless you really want to. But if you're buying a million dollar home, you may need an appraiser that's actually going to tell you what the value of the home is. You know, if you think it's going to be worth a hundred or sorry, a million dollars, they come back and say, no, it's really about seven fifty dollars or 800000 What's Well, it's $200,000 difference. You may need to adjust your, your price that you're asking or that you're offering. So another one that you could have on top of appraisers could be inspectors. Um, I, I lean this a little more towards must-haves, if not nice-to-haves, but must-haves is an inspector. Now, inspectors are a dime a dozen, in my opinion. There are plenty of them, but finding good ones is is a little hard. I go with other investors and ask them if they have any good inspectors. Now, this could be a home inspector, could be a pest inspector, roof inspector, whatever inspector that you can find um, is going to help you to understand the history of the property as well as any potential pitfalls that could come with the property. Now, an inspector is going to give you a home inspector. Let me say, say that specifically. A home inspector will actually walk through the entire house, check out everything, let you know the, the amperage on all the electrical. Um, they'll tell you what the, what the plumbing's like. They'll tell you the how old the furnace is. They'll basically take three hours, go through the entire property, top to bottom. Now, it's not going to be as detailed on a roof as a roof inspection or pest as pest inspection. They'll say if they see anything. But they're just checking the, the main the structure, foundation, and things on the property. They'll let you know if they see anything wrong. So getting an inspector on your team is going to be a great person that is going to make sure you buy a really good 
property. Next would be a lawyer. Now, in my opinion, no, lawyers are nice to have. Um, and once you get big, you have many, many properties. Um, you want lawyers on your team, not ones that you're actually putting on retainer where you're paying them all the time, but at least one that you have a working relationship with where you are talking with them. They know you, you know them, you have experience with them if you need to. So I personally have lawyers that are ready to go if anything happens. You know, if you get sued, you know, actually what they say, this is what other people say. It's not if you get sued, it's only when you get sued because everybody will get sued in this business as well as any business. It's just how it's going to work out. Um, you want to make sure you have a team of lawyers or a lawyer or a firm that can support you and, and back you up. And so what I would suggest is calling around a few different real estate lawyers, not just, you know, like accident attorneys or things like that. You want to get somebody that specializes in real estate. Now, I would suggest you've also finding a local banker. Now, a local banker would be somebody at a credit union or uh, a local bank that's in your area. Finding a banker that can get you a loan that a mortgage broker can't. Let's say you are buying a house that's worth $40,000 and you're paying $30,000 for the property. Well, a mortgage broker would say that's too low of an amount that we can't loan that or we can't find a bank that would want to go through the hassle of all the paperwork, documentation, yada, yada, yada. There's no money in that deal. Now, a bank, a personal bank that is in your area or in the area of the property may say, yes, let's go ahead and loan to that because they are specializing in portfolio loans or they, they have, uh, they call them micro loans, but you know, low, low dollar amount loans or even a personal loan. Like you say, well, I want to get a personal loan where it's personally attached to you, not the property of $30,000 to buy the property, which I have done in the past because I've worked with bankers that have actually given me personal loans to buy properties. And so whenever I go into a new area to invest all over the country, state to state, I always work on my team before I start investing. I work on understanding the area. I talk to property managers saying, hey, is this part of the town good? Or is this part of the town bad? It looks like this one's bad over here. How much could I rent from this area? Or I talk to my contractors and say, how much would you charge to paint a 1200 square foot house? Like how much do you charge per square foot? You know, a contractor could be laying and flooring and he says, you know, $1.50 a square foot to lay the flooring, whatever it might be. But you want these team members on your team so that when things come up, like you all of a sudden have a great deal, the wholesaler came through, you have a great deal, it's worth 150000 but he's selling it to you for one hundred twenty, and it's only going to take ten grand to fix it up. You're going to have um, lots and lots of equity in there. As soon as you have that deal, you can jump on it because you have your team built up. You're ready to move on deals. Now, I know that... I personally build my team before I invest, and I'm going to strongly encourage you to do the same. Now, remember, you need to set up the business first. Before you even think about buying that first property, you want to make sure that you have that business to run its own because if you go out and buy that property without having that business set up, you are probably... I'm going to say like 95% of the chance that you're actually going to buy the wrong property. You're not going to find the right property managers. You're not going to do, you're just going to be stuck with a bad property. So you want to do it well. You want to do it right the first time. Don't wait until it's perfect. Get started right away and make sure it's done right. Go out and get my free investing course. Text the word rental to 33777-R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. Now you guys are fantastic. I really want to see you change your life for the better. 
get out there, continue learning, and let's get started. Don't wait for perfection. Get done and do it right the first time where you're making money every single month. All right, you guys are fantastic. I will see you next week. See ya.